Hey, everybody. This is Dominic D'Angelo, WrestleZone.com. Today's date is October 13th, 2021. Halloween season is right upon us. But we got something scary coming up on AEW Rampage. It's Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Junior Dos Santos tagging up against the Inner Circle. Ethan is joining me today. Ethan, how you doing, brother? I'm great. I'm trying to figure out what part of that was scary. Well, the fact that... Go ahead. <laughs> I was... My, my pitch... Was that not only do you got YouTube coming into the mix, but the scary aspect is Junior Dos Santos uh, with his MMA background uh, could potentially uh, knock a Chris Jericho or a Jake Hager out for the first time. Or just knock Sammy Guevara's head off his body. But, uh, okay, I'm glad that that's what you were going to say because I was like, what's scary? The fact that the inner circle thinks they're going to win? I think that's <laughs> a little scarier. I could leave it up to the mind of interpretation. Too. <laughs> that works <laughs> fair enough. Cool. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, obviously, you got the American Top uh, Fight Team on on your shirt and everything like that. Right. How did uh, now? You are a big action figure collector, obviously. We'll touch upon that a little bit later on. But how does Dan Lambert feel about that? And how does it all tie in to you and uh, Scorpio Sky being the Men of the Year with America Top Team? So I like to keep my hobbies to myself as an off screen thing. Yes. Um, but it's kind of a known fact that Dan Lambert is a giant belt collector. Oh. So when it comes to like, he's got literally championship belts that were held by the champions and walked to the ring. Like this man's collection is compared to nobody. Um, or maybe Conrad Thompson could put up a fight, <laughs> but uh, he's a huge collector too. So, he understands it's it's a it's a it's something we don't talk about we just all right you do this we're gonna let it slide you keep winning matches and kicking jericho in the head we're good to go so we're that's go. all i want as long as you do those two things you're in the clear yeah it's kind of like you know when you're growing up and your parents they tell you listen you keep your room clean you do your homework you'll be a good kid you can do whatever you want i trust you the same thing now, were you a good kid growing up, or were you a little rebellious? I was a terrible kid. <laughs> or an awful kid. <laughs> Just because I like I like to have too much fun. I was too silly. You could tell. I'm, I'm a goofball, so obviously that comes from being a kid, and you never really lose that. Uh, well, at least I tried not to lose that imagination or spirit. So, yeah. I mean, I was a respectful kid. But not really a good kid. <laughs> not really a good kid. You <laughs> yeah. kept the kayfabe of being a good kid, but you uh, you were shoot bad kid. Bingo. I nailed it. <laughs> All right. Well, so what I did want to start off to talking about, um, it was neat how you debuted in AEW as a singles competitor, and you kind of cut your swath there a little bit. But then you and Scorpio Sky ended up pairing up, and uh, you're known for your tag team expertise. But talk about the chemistry that you and Scorpio Sky had and how that all kind of came to be the men of the year, you know, just as the origin story, if you will. Yeah, it's so crazy because it's not something that I came up with or even Sky came up with. This is a purely Tony Khan. This is what we're going to do. And both of us were like, this is interesting. And that was the nicest way we could say, I don't know if this is going to work, bro. <laughs> but it, like, I will be the first to admit this is my favorite thing I've ever done. Like he brings out parts of me that I couldn't with my previous tag teams because he compliments it by being just as extra as me, just as uh, flamboyant or as um, 
stylish or outgoing or outlandish. Like we complement each other as a team, especially in the ring. We've never done a tag move yet. Somehow we've had 10 wins as a tag team, but also I have 10 wins as a singles competitor. So we're not like a full blown tag team. We're partners and we both want to win, whether it's him winning the TNT title, me winning the TNT title, us winning the tag titles, uh, world title. It doesn't like we just want to win. We're friends. We've literally become really good friends. So it's awesome. What are you guys out of the ring? What do you guys kind of relate to in a lot of ways or kind of uh, share and like having fun with or on your off time or anything like that? Singlet food. Yes. That's what we call it. Singlet food. Neither of us were a singlet, but if we eat this food, we might have to. We might so, have to. Do. <laughs> yeah. There were there was like a a stretch where we I had just I don't want to talk about it, but lost the coffin match. So there was a little recovery time, recouping time, reflection. Um, yeah, to kind of you know get a game plan together. So there was a couple weeks of television where we would be coming in and kind of sitting and catering, enjoying this feast. And when I say feast, I mean A-dub catering is next level. Is it? I don't know what other catering companies have red velvet cake or brownies all the time or a freezer with eight to ten options of ice cream bars or cones or sandwiches. This is the also we had Baja Blast in the fridge. This is the greatest, this is the greatest catering of all time. Now I'm off for a couple weeks, so me and Scorpio. Would walk in, look at the board, and be like, oh, we're not wrestling today. Okay. And then we would turn to each other and go, singlet food. <laughs> and, and we would just go to town. And it was amazing. Obviously, you can't do that forever because no. now we're we're in this huge match on Rampage this week. So no singlet food, but we can relate in our love for singlet food. That's right. Aspiration. It can be like uh, uh what's what's uh White Goodman in uh, dodgeball with the pizza. There's always like there's a there's this story people tell me all the time because like I like I'm obsessed with food. Like I just I'll literally just go smell it. But <laughs> someone said once Ultimate Warrior would get a cookie, crumble it in his hands, put it in his face, smell it, and throw it in the garbage. What the fuck? Or like crazy Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks will do this all the time. Yeah, he'll he'll get a dessert. He'll walk over to me. He'll take one bite and he'll go, "That's enough." And he'll throw it in the chat. I'm like, "Well, you're 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 the worst human being ever." Mostly because he ate it. <laughs> what the fuck? He ate it. <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Uh, that's like some you could pull a George uh, stands and pull the eclair out of the trash. I've had some dark days. <laughs> I, don't know if, yeah. I don't know if you've seen what I used to look like. I've had, I've had, listen, I've had some trash donuts before. I've had some trash pizza before. Sad times. I'm a, I'm definitely addicted to food and should see a specialist about it, but I think I'm pulling it off. Okay. I think you're doing pretty damn good. I mean, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like coming into AW and stuff like that. And right before you left impact too, you really shredded on up and uh, kind of cut. That's right. Yeah. Made it known. So um, got the tightest tits in the game. I mean, that's right. That's right. And you know what? You're going up against Jericho, too. I wanted to get a little bit. You guys are both Canadian and stuff like that. Sure. Talk about your history, like, growing up watching him and then actually competing against him uh, this Friday night. I mean, it's crazy. Um, I would say I'm a little bit more Canadian than him since I've been here 
my whole career. He definitely hasn't. But I mean, I might move to America one day too. So maybe I shouldn't talk too much trash. <laughs> but I will say he was one of the people that was like lighting wrestling on fire and representing Canada. And uh, I don't know, just to share a ring with someone that's had the career he's had and kind of reinvented himself on so many occasions. It's inspiring to me because I'm just, I'm in the same wavelength of trying to be creative and you can look through my career and kind of there's sections like, Oh, this is when he was doing this. This is when he was doing this. This is when he was doing this. And I liken it to uh, Chris Jericho too. So uh, to have that long of a career and have different ways of presenting yourself and reinventing yourself. I mean, I'm happy to be a part of one iteration of Chris Jericho. Now, Chris Jericho made his comparison to that change. It's like David Bowie. If you had to go pop culture style, who would your changes be like to that? Oh, what a great question. Um, okay. Kanye. Kanye, there you go. Wow. And I'll, and I'll only say in the way he presents his music. I think he's like, maybe the way he is personally has kind of been the same, maybe matured over time, maybe had a, couple moments where he lost his mind a little bit but (laughs) so have i and like i think that he has never tried to release the same album twice Mm -hmm. and i never i never want to do this like i don't want to be put in oh that's ethan page right right if that's what is this is what you think i am it's time to change it up time to switch it up yeah And, and if and if i'm getting bored of it i need to enjoy it not so much to have the comfort of the fans to be like, oh, okay, I know what that is, so I'm used to it. I don't want that, right? Like at all, yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to keep it, keep it fresh. It's that's the yeah. thing too, just staying relevant and everything like that. And pro wrestling, that's the name of the game of pro wrestling. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. What else? So, so uh, yeah, I also wanted to mention too um, something you really got to do as well a little bit more in AEW is, um, and it got a lot of great feedback too. Was your your good ability at cutting promos basically oh yeah thank you you're welcome and like that you, what you just mentioned the toughest tits in the game and just like the uh conviction as well as the passion that you had behind it talk about um where you kind of get to a lot of your inspiration from from uh from a promo background but also like how do you how do you think overall uh conveying yourself in that manner uh pays off for you in the long run too i mean it pays off because so in most recently I did that promo where the fans were chanting what, and I yeah. like, I've got hundreds of comments about like, Oh, how, how did you shut down those? What chants? Or that was so cool. How you shut down those? What? I, I don't think I shut anything down. I just think they wanted to hear what I had to say. Yeah. And that's, that's literally it. I just make sure that when it's time for me to be on screen, or even if I'm not speaking, I want everyone's attention. And I don't know if there's, it's, it's not even something that I think about. I just always thought the more authentic you are, the more dedicated you are to your performance, the more interesting you are. And you're trying to captivate an entire audience and you have to exude that confidence and star-like quality. And that's all I'm trying to do. And I'm also emulating my favorite wrestlers. That's all it is. Like, why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? Right. I don't understand. Everyone that's my age watched wrestlers act exactly how I'm acting now. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. 
listen, I'm sorry I'm 6'2". I'm sorry I'm 230 pounds. I'm sorry that I'm jacked, got the tightest tits in the game, and a beautiful smile. I'm very sorry that I have an extremely glowing tan and a beautiful face. This is just what I was given, so let me use it. <laughs> let me let me use my palate. I'm the Bob Ross here going on. That's it, exactly. Yes. That's it. I'm just just trying to use what I was given. That's all. That's all. No, it's um. I think too. It's uh when you get that moment to kind of showcase yourself from a uh, verbal perspective. I guess I think uh it just sets it really. That's what wrestling is about to a lot of ways. I mean, like you look, you got the dusty roses and the rocks and you know, list goes on. That's what really defines and sets somebody above the bar. And like you getting the opportunity to do that has been pretty neat to start off. And I think helping build this uh, feud between you, all you guys too. So I hope been- so. And, and uh, I hope we get more opportunities like that. And um, you were saying that I delivered it with conviction and like passion. It's because there wasn't many opportunities up until recent where I was able to have full microphone control and to really just be myself plus i'm so new in the company it's seven months but relatively new i'm not trying to step on any toes i'm trying to find my place and get comfortable that night i was comfortable and that night i just told myself look this is your moment and if it's not it's going to pass you by so it's time to deliver and i delivered yeah that's what ethan page does that's what he does now Obviously, we talked about Dan Lambert a little bit, but I wanted to touch back upon that because he's very good on the mic as well. And uh, he's got he's quite the polarizing f- fellow on the mic, too. Isn't he? Yes. So I want to talk about that a little bit. It's And, you know, social media, you get the whole bunch of negativity. You also get some positive stuff. But overall, Twitter's kind of it's pretty negative, Nancy, in a lot of ways. So uh, I can how, agree with that. So how do you feel like? with Dan Lambert and the polarization he's catching and just his ability to, to do what he's doing on the mic. I think if you're in the arena and someone comes out that you hate and it makes you go, boo. If I'm in charge, I'm having that guy talk every week. Right. Like, what do you want to show where everybody's loved? That's so right. boring. Uh-huh. That is so boring. <laughs> You're also talking about Dan Lambert, the biggest wrestling fan of all time, yeah. who is like a known belt collector and genuinely loves the history of professional wrestling. Listen to him. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and, 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 the, and the whole like Twitter thing, I, with time, had to kind of just understand that that is such a small portion of the like look we go to these arenas and sometimes 15,000 10,000 people you're not you're not getting 10,000 tweets and that's just the people sitting in the seats never mind the million plus that are watching just in America right then the 200,000 plus or more watching in Canada mm-hmm. then the UK then it's just like a, a worldwide on fight tv these are not all people on Twitter nope. complaining about, no, these, these are people just watching a TV show, being entertained, not trying to like play armchair quarterback. Um, I, I appreciate everyone that even takes the time to send me a negative comment. Uh, controversy creates cash. It's been said a hundred times in wrestling, but attention is, is very important. Being relevant is very important and being hated is very important in my it's job. So it's so yeah. key. <laughs> yeah. Love so and hate. I, good versus I, hate. 
Uh, of course, good versus evil. Tell me a good story that didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, you need it. You need it. You need conflict to create some kind of, uh, I don't know, good story. I think I've heard somewhere where Twitter only makes up 20% of the actual population. I think it's even probably less than that. Because it's Yeah, I, I, I have read that stat too. So it's like, so 80% of the population isn't even on logged on. Yeah. 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 And you, you got to think too, how many of those people are just like putting shit on just to say stuff? You know what I mean? Where it's just like, all right. A lot. A, a lot. lot. And, and, and a lot of wrestlers have conditioned the fans to believe that if they send something negative, they're more inclined to get a response. Yes. Mostly because the wrestlers are very self-conscious and get butt hurt and want to reply because their <laughs> feelings got hurt. Right. I, th- I, I think social media has killed professional wrestling like s- star power. Because, dude, Brock Lesnar don't have a Twitter. No, Brock Lesnar doesn't. Mm-mm. People don't even know how to get his autograph. <laughs> right? <laughs> he lives That's out in like, Saskatchewan. <laughs> He's like, right. Yeah. Doesn't that inter- doesn't that interest you? Aren't mm-hmm. you like, oh, who is this guy? The mystery. It's it's incredible. And I, I think wrestlers should be pulling back. I know it's so tough though because there's like instant gratification. Oh, I put a tweet up, boom, like, 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 like it uh, makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. I'm human. Yeah. I, I can admit that. If one of my vlogs is good numbers, I'm patting myself on the back. If a tweet makes people laugh, I'm patting myself on the back. We have to resist the urge to reply to absolutely everything, especially the negative. I would love to recondition fans to know that they'll get more attention with positive. Dude, I'm hundred percent with you on that because it's like, even if you look for, I've heard from like the older days and stuff, like the specifics of having wrestling, like in a ring fans would look up at the wrestlers. So it's like, okay, this is something unattainable that I can't really relate to. So right. if you go from a social media perspective, Hey, I can send a tweet. They can respond right away. Or right away, you know, everything like that, or they can express all their feelings and what they're doing out out of the ring or blah, blah, blah. You know, we're just like, you want that air of mystery left to you. And um, yeah, you know, that co- that bit of a separation, maybe some relatability, but you don't want the whole hog going, you know? Yeah. And like, I, I'm trying to find a very fine balance with that, especially with my vlogs and the backstage stuff. And I try and serve so many masters in a sense of like, yes. I, st- I still work for this company that we still need to have a certain veil of secrecy. Mm-hmm. Then I also have to serve the fans that want to know a little bit more than what's on television. Then I need to serve the fact that I might not be a wrestler forever. So I would like my own fan base and audience that I can carry with me for the rest of my life, not yeah. wrestling career, but life. Yeah. So I'm trying to hit all these marks and yeah, it, it, it's a lot. This is a, a much more intricate dance than it was 20 years ago. Oh my God. I couldn't even fathom like, you know, growing up as a kid and like seeing what, like some of my favorites, like a Scott Hall or like, <laughs> you name it, Kevin Nash or anybody at that time. Could would you, you, like, ima- putting could on you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> I, I, I was, I'm just laughing at like, could you imagine those like late night tweets or like someone live streaming a drive? Yeah. That night, it's just like, oh, it's Kevin Nash and Scott Hall live on Twitch. What's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yo, yeah, I know they wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right. So, transitioning to the second part of this interview, I got to talk uh, to you about action figures and comics and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but first, I did want to mention uh, 
I noticed that you're a huge Batman, the animated series fan. Uh, that's right in the thick of my youth too. So Fox kids, I was glued to the television and everything. So, uh, what makes, uh, Batman, the animated series, like, is that probably your favorite show of all time or just in general, just a cartoon wise, or how how do you balance that out or rank it? If you will, I would say definitely favorite show as a kid Mm -hmm. and it's held up growing up. I was actually rewatching the whole thing with my wife because she was like, this is a kid's cartoon. I go, no, 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 no. No, it is. This is a show made for adults that kids watched and bought toys for because the stories that they tell, the way the show is written, the way it's presented, even the fact that they have an orchestra that kind of fell in their lap because of Steven Spielberg. And like, dude, the show is perfection. Like, I, didn't it win like some awards for certain episodes? I want to say it did. I want to say it did. Yeah. And the cultivation uh, of characters, too, that they did on that. Unbelievable. It, like, so, like, these these legendary characters, like, my favorite character is Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Uh, what, what is he in? Three or four episodes? Mm-hmm. In the yeah. entire series. Yeah. And he's left a mark on me for the rest of my life. He loves Nora so much. So much. <laughs> so damn much. So much. Like that's a kid. That's a character that makes you say, "Is he a bad guy? I don't know." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, he's the thing. Just, that's why I love Batman. That's why I love Batman. It's because it's uh, it, it seems to me it's a more realistic take on villains. Well, obviously with like a bit of a supernatural twist, like the guy freezes people with a gun or whatever. I'm sure it's possible, but yeah. <laughs> but come on. Yeah, I get it. I get it. No, yeah. I mean that show. Along now, my my big one was X Men. I love the X Men and stuff like that. So, like, oh, so you like this wall back here? Oh, yes, I do. And that's why I wanted to show you this too. Well, let me put my coffee down. Was did you get happen to get this figure? So they did a remake of all of them. Ooh, yeah, yeah. the Target exclusive. I think this one was. But so I got the first one. You got the, the what was the first one? So it was released in just the regular Marvel Legends style packaging. Uh huh. So I have that one. And I think the paint okay. is a little different. So the, the chest is a little darker purple. It's a little darker yes. blue. Yeah. So, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, I got to scoop that up because Gambit was my number one. And then I just be, remember being like kid 92 and like searching high and low for all those kind of figures and stuff like that. So when you were a kid, Gambit was like the coolest. He, he was the outsiders. He was. Of X-Men. Yes, he was. Is he not? He is. Totally is. Yeah. Yeah. So, who was your favorite X Men growing up? Oh man, I mean Wolverine. And yeah. then when I found out he was Canadian, I was like, "Oh, this is Ooh. even better." Yeah. Uh, loved Gambit, like loved Gambit. Uh, a big Nightcrawler guy. Loved Beast. I always thought Cyclops was a douchebag. Yeah. But like, I I used to love drawing as a kid, so I was always like drawing him. And then just to me. Like my favorite Marvel is Spider-Man is because they have, I think they have the best villains. And then I would go X-Men just because the cast and colors are so big. It's there's the options and characters and team ups and love Colossus. Like there's, there's too many to name. Like you're like, Oh, what's your favorite? I could go on all day. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're all, but they're all valued the same to me. It's just like the X-Men, not yes. just one thing. I think maybe Wolverine's at the top and then everyone else. Then everybody else, but it's still <laughs> yeah. a whole big pool. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. I get you. All right, we'll close it out with, uh, let's see here. There was one other, what was the other one I want to ask? Oh, yes. What 
is your white whale of action figures. Is there one that you haven't gotten yet that you still want to get? So I did have a white whale. Uh-huh. It was actually the combat belt Batman in the package from the animated series. And I was hunting it for a long time. Yeah. And this is also during a time where maybe my finances were not in the same place they are now. And a very good friend of mine, Hornswoggle, oh. bought it for me for Christmas and sent it to me. Now, there's two ways to look at this. One, what a great friend. Yes. Like the ultimate gesture of love. Two, what an asshole. He took away the hunt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The thrill of the chase. Thrill of the chase. Now I don't have my grail anymore. What's my grail? I don't know. I'm a lost collector now, okay? <laughs> I just buy things that I don't even want. So <laughs> I really wanted that. Now, I it's literally on my wall. I have pretty much the entire line from when I was a kid, mm -hmm. carded, hanging up. That's my favorite one. It means a lot to me that he got it for me, knowing the value of it uh, and the fact that it was I owned it as a kid and now I have it in the box. So. Oh, that's great. I know. Isn't that nice to see? Like you get those immediate nostalgic flashbacks. I sometimes have some of my original figures I like opened up and like wrestling figures, whatever it is. But then you know, when you get them in the package, it's kind of neat to have that. The art. It's just the art. It just reminds you of you seeing it at the store and being told no. Oh, my it's God, like, well, yeah. no one's going to tell me no now. <laughs> now it's yes. Now it's yes. Yeah, exactly. Here's one more thing to think about, too, with Fornswoggle. There, and this is negative because you could he could kind of go. From there, he bought you the your cherished possession. Now, what is his expectations for you to do to him? None. That's None. how good of a friend he is. Wow! So there you go. You are you 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 got it covered. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to instigate, and look what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Too good of friends. <laughs> Too good of a friend to do that. <laughs> All right, Ethan. Anything else you want to plug while we're here? Yeah, heck yeah. This is, when does this come out? This will come out Friday morning. Probably. Early afternoon, yeah, morning, early afternoon around that point. Perfect, because tonight on TNT is Rampage. We're going head-to-head -head with SmackDown, and you better put on TNT. And my boss, who's awesome, but also pissing me off because I'm not in the show intro or have an action figure or ever on the posters, still an awesome boss, though. He's putting on a free buy-in for everyone to see that has Brian Danielson versus Suzuki you can watch that right before Rampage, where me, Scorpio Sky, and Junior DeSantos are taking on the inner circle in a six-man tag. Damn. Not only are you the men of the year, but you're the master of promotion. So how about that? I mean, I get paid to do it. Yeah. You got to be good at it <laughs> if you get paid to do it. <laughs> All right, guys. This is Dominic D'Angelo from WrestleZone.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. And hey, go to WrestleZone.com for all the wrestling needs. <clears throat> Thanks, Ethan. No problem. All right. Cool, guys. So, Thanks. yeah, thank uh, you. We'll get it up early afternoon for you, probably around that time. Just got to send out an editor and all that stuff. So Sweet. Yeah, sweet. Thanks for taking the time, man. It's awesome. Oh, no problem, Dominic. I appreciate yeah. the time.